Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. A lot to jump into as we roll into what may be the busiest weekend of the year with everything that is going to be taking place, including the PGA Championship beginning tonight, uh, ending tonight because it's on the West Coast. So you'll be able to watch until 9 or 10 o'clock Eastern, which is going to be pretty outstanding. One of the wackiest things I think going on beyond uh, a shadow of a doubt, uh, quite honestly, is the Miami Marlins are back. And have you guys been paying attention to what's going on with the Marlins? They have basically an entirely new roster. They had 18 guys that tested positive for the coronavirus, and uh, and they continue to find ways to to win. Um, I mean, it's just uh, it's just wacky. Overall, in general, since they came back, they have allowed one run in three games, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, just continue to uh, to to dominate. Uh, and they now have uh, they won a back-to-back doubleheader yesterday uh, against, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the Orioles, two seven-inning games, and they are in first place right now. So one of the wackiest things that is that going on in all of sports would be the Marlins being a little bit on fire. Now, they haven't played anywhere near as many games as most people in the National League right now, uh, but they're at 5-1, and one, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. This would, be, uh, this would be wacky indeed if they could keep some of this momentum going. 
And it's such a fast season that by the time we get to Saturday, many teams are going to have played already a quarter of the entirety of the Major League Baseball season. So fingers crossed that this will continue, but by Friday, we could be back to some form of normalcy in Major League Baseball where everybody is playing again. And I think you have to give credit to Rob Manfred for staying behind, keeping the game rolling so far. And uh, in theory, with these seven-inning doubleheaders, if they can start to catch up some with the games that they may have lost and just get a couple of weeks where they didn't have any sort of uh, major outbreaks to kind of get back uh, the sea legs under them, that would be uh, that would be pretty outstanding to uh, to see. So uh, we will continue to uh, to follow that. Um, other news: LeBron James. Do we have audio on this? LeBron James and Donald Trump are feuding uh, over the NBA. If you didn't see this already, and here's what I don't understand about the NBA in general. Uh, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, we don't care if uh, if people don't watch because they're upset about all of the politics going into the NBA right now." And I've been consistent on this for several years now. This is a stupid position for any business to take. If your position as a business is, "We don't care if we are turning off people who are otherwise fans of our business." by doing something that has nothing to do with our business, that is next-level stupid. Uh, And it's interesting, Jason Whitlock is in Nashville now, and he came over to the house, uh, and we hung out for most of the evening yesterday. And we we had this discussion, which which I thought is is just kind of fascinating in general. And I've talked a little bit about it on the program. But if you are in the position where right now you're in the NBA and you were saying, I don't care about what some of our fan base thinks. We're going to be hyper-political, even if it costs us fans. This is the actions that someone who doesn't understand basic business is undertaking. Because it's hard to get fans to build up and care about your sport. And that certainly was understood by Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, who bequeathed to this generation of NBA players an incredibly successful brand and league that they built their entire careers turning people into fans of. And the NBA now has half of the viewers that it did when Michael Jordan was in its prime. Half. And people say, well, that's the way that that sports works. Like, no, no, no. The NBA has way fewer viewers now than it had 20 years ago. The NFL has more. So the NBA has been losing viewers for 20 straight years ever since basically Michael Jordan stepped off the court after he hit the jumper against the Utah Jazz. We watched the Michael Jordan 10-part documentary that was, it seems like, aired forever ago. Uh, And everybody pretty much loved that because that was an era when the NBA was beloved in this country. Right now, the NBA is losing viewers hand over fist. And I think they are losing fans hand over fist. And the response seems to be, 
we don't care, we're embracing politics no matter what, and as a result, the sports that are embracing politics much less are seeing way more substantial growth than the NBA is, which basically is trying to hold on to the audience they already had before the uh, shutdown happened. Everybody else's ratings have gone up substantially in terms of returning. There's a lot more of an audience out there that wants to watch sports than was watching sports before because people are starved for it. That hasn't happened with the NBA. So uh, Donald Trump pointed this out and said that he's opposed to players deciding to kneel. And by the way, it's not just players deciding to kneel. The NBA has gone way over the top. They have Black Lives Matter on the basketball court. They have social justice warrior slogans on their jerseys. And uh, they also are making the decision to kneel during the national anthem. So that's three things that are pretty substantial that they're doing that makes it impossible for the average person to just put on the television screen and watch a basketball game, and the general public is voting and saying, basically, we're not enjoying the way over-the-top decisions made by the NBA here. And if Donald Trump were uh, making a more adroit argument, to me, instead of just saying, hey, I think that the way the NBA is behaving is turning off fans, I think he should be going after the hypocrisy. Because it's not just that the NBA is pretending to be a social justice warrior organization. It's that they continue to take billions of dollars from China. So if you're going to complain about things in America that are that are not perfect, which is certainly the case in every country, how in the world do you shut up and dribble for China? That's the most uh, fertile, to me, argument that can be made against the NBA but LeBron decided to, that he needs to respond to Donald Trump. And by the way, the same media asking LeBron about Donald Trump has not been willing to ask LeBron James about China at all. Which is, I think, the analogy that Jason Whitlock made earlier this week that the NBA has basically created inside of the bubble their own version of a Chinese government. Because everybody who's a member of the NBA bubble is not pointing out these hypocrisies. But the minute that there is any opportunity to try and make America look bad, the NBA media is all over it. But here is LeBron asked about Trump and uh, and the diminishing interest in the NBA. I really don't think the basketball community are sad about losing his viewership, him viewing the game. If we, we continue to talk about what we want, you know, better, uh, won't change, we have an opportunity to do that. So the game will, will go on without <laughs> without his eyes on it. Uh, I, I can sit here and speak for all of us that love the game of basketball. Uh, we could care less. All right, so you could care less. But ultimately... If you're losing viewers, whether it's the president, who I question, maybe he watches a lot of NBA otherwise, I don't know, but let's pretend the uh, the president is a big NBA fan. If you are losing viewers because of something you are doing that has nothing to do with your business, that is the very essence of making a poor business decision. Because if your viewership is beginning to decline, and you are telling fans, hey, we don't care about you at all. I, I don't know whether the average NBA player and league member is not sophisticated enough to understand 
that there are many people who vote for Donald Trump that also like the NBA. Those overlaps are fairly significant. It's likely that you're telling tens of millions of people uh, who are otherwise interested in your product, hey, don't watch, don't pay attention to us, solely based on politics. I just think it's a really, really bad move by the NBA that is going to cost them for years and years to come. Because I think there'll be a lot of people who are just like, screw it. If you care so desperately about how I'm going to vote that it impacts whether you think I should watch basketball, then peace out. See ya. Like, I would never come on this radio show and say, hey, if you love Bernie Sanders, don't ever listen to my radio program again. I don't care if you leave. Like, no. I mean, I, I would hope that even if you love Barry Sanders, you can enjoy Bernie Sanders you could enjoy this radio program. And I would hope that even if you love Donald Trump, you can enjoy this radio program. Like, I would never write off millions of people who are otherwise potential viewers or listeners of my content based on your politics. First of all, because I just don't care. Secondly, because it's just bad business. I would never say, hey, we've got this awesome OutKick VIP but we don't want anybody who uh, is uh, in disagreement with some of the things I sound out, say on the radio to sign up. No, the First Amendment is alive and well. To me, the answer is, I wish everybody would watch. I don't particularly care whether somebody has different politics. The game of basketball shouldn't really impact whether somebody likes, uh, likes basketball. What you think about abortion shouldn't determine whether or not you can enjoy my uh, my team play. What you think about tax policy shouldn't impact whether you can watch my team play. What you think about anything that has nothing to do with the product itself shouldn't influence whether you watch basketball. And in fact, if it is, that's a failure of our business. Like, if I came on Danny G and I said, hey, if you're going to vote for Joe Biden, never listen to my radio program, would that be a stupid thing for me to say? Oh, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and I have to answer a lot of tweets throughout the week because I will get comments from some listeners saying, how come Clay will only have certain politicians on the air? And I always write back saying, I have sent out plenty of requests to Democrats as well as Republicans, as well as independents to come on the show. So you do have an open forum. And I always point that out that, I mean, we had Tulsi Gabbard on, remember? Yeah. Um, we've had and people, some people got mad. They're like, Oh my God, she's running as democratic. Like, I don't really care about which side of the aisle you're on. If you're willing to come on and be honest with my audience. Yeah. And regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, or if your politics are down the middle, I was hoping that sports could just bring us all back together. And I hope we can get there. I know it's an election year and maybe this is just the uh, the tip of the iceberg. I hope not. But I'm really uh, curious to see what's going to happen when the NFL comes back. I think the NFL is going to follow more in the NBA's path than they are in the uh, in the path of uh, in the path of the other leagues. And look, I think what we're going to see, and the data is already starting to reflect it, um, is the more political a league is, the more people who tune it out and turn it off. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the PGA is going to, just look at the data, just look at the numbers that are going to come in this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The PGA is going to destroy everybody else in the uh, in terms of viewership. And the PGA is going to have zero political statements that are made 
during the course of its uh, major going on this weekend in San Francisco. Meanwhile, the NBA is going to be the most political. And if you look at the differences in viewership of those two, the PGA is growing substantially its audience and the NBA is losing audience relative to how everybody else is growing. And I think, frankly, Major League Baseball and the NHL, while they may have done a couple little things to be political in terms of returning, they basically have abandoned that. And as a result, I, I think you're going to see both of those leagues do better as well. Dub, is it dumb to tell people you don't want them to watch because you disagree with uh, with them politically? I mean, this is a very obvious question, like Danny G said. I don't, I'm not really sure what the point is in alienating a large percentage of potential viewers. It doesn't make any sense because less viewers pretty much means less money. Less money for the league means less money for the players. And LeBron tries to be this guy that's, you know, trying to be a leader in the league and this is something that is not really being a leader in terms of making money which is pretty much when it all when it all boils down what these guys are after I mean it's childlike to be frank when you know you like you're like oh I don't want to play with you like I'm gonna take my ball and go home I mean America is founded on disagreement it had we have always disagreed throughout the history of this country disagreeing there's nothing wrong with it and what I hear all the time from NBA players, oh, we're going to be on the right side of history. Oh, we're going to be on the right side of history, right? That's really popular to say on social media. That's not true. You're totally on the wrong side of history with China. You are allying yourself with modern-day Nazis and taking their money, billions of dollars. We know that you are on the wrong side of history right now. China is on the wrong side of history, and you are saying nothing to criticize China and you are criticizing the leader of the greatest democracy in the history of the world who everybody out there is going to be able to make a decision on come November. So, like, what threat are you under in America? Zero. Yet you're allowing China to threaten the entirety of the global world order, saying nothing about them and pocketing billions of their dollars. I just think it's, it's lunacy. Uh, Eddie Garcia, you've been doing updates a long time, is telling people, hey, you disagree with me politically, so don't listen anymore. Is that in any way an intelligent decision by anybody associated with the NBA? Well, I, I would say no, but I'm not surprised by it, certainly. I mean, that's this is the playbook we've seen, uh, specifically the NBA, reading from uh, you know this whole time. Uh, they're not, they're, you know, the players are very empowered right now by what, what you know, uh, the commissioner and and the ownership has allowed him to do with with all the things they've done on the court and the demonstrations and everything else. So they feel they're on the right side of this, as you as you said, talking about being on the right side of a, of an argument. And so they've been empowered and and they don't care right now about uh, appealing to everyone. It's just crazy to me, and I, I think they're going to reap the whirlwind of a poor decision because I think after the election happens, this is going to linger for a lot of people. The fact that. You are saying basically, hey, I'm not interested in your business if you have a different political view than I do. That's what the NBA is saying. There's a right side and a wrong side, and you're on the wrong side, and if you disagree, go do something else. We don't care. Uh, I mean, that's so, so transparently awful of a decision from a business perspective, not to mention that I think it's bad for our country when sports has typically been a refuge from serious things in life. I think the NBA had an opportunity 
I think the NBA had an opportunity to grow its brand by people who just want to escape everything political, and instead they are going to tank their brand with a huge percentage of the American public, many of whom, and people say, well, those people weren't watching anyway. I disagree. I think there were tens of millions and are tens of millions of Trump voters who are basketball fans that will sit down and watch an NBA game as long as you don't try and antagonize them and tell them they're awful human beings, which is what the NBA is doing. I think it's going to be awful for their brand for years to come, and I think they're going to reap the whirlwind of a incredibly bad decision. But we'll see. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We bring in Frank Isola, who lives in New York, at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Uh, Frank, you ready for uh, what? I mean, this has been a crazy August already. I mean, I'm not talking about everything off the field, but all the different games that are going on right now. It's like March Madness every day with the NHL having loaded playoffs with Major League Baseball games, NBA games, and now we're starting to roll in the PGA Championship this weekend. It's going to be an absolute zoo. How much sports are you personally watching? <laughs> it is it is nuts because we're conditioned in August, especially me who are, you know, for a long time uh, writing about the NBA. This is vacation August, time. Exactly. August was a down month. Don't forget, too, the uh, Champions League starts. So you have the best club teams in the world, in Europe, are going to start playing on Friday. So we're not used to having... The NBA. I've been trying to watch it. It's weird. I don't want to be the one to say this because then you're going to sound like you're ungrateful. Now, Clay, it's almost like there's too many sports. Yeah. It's, it's too, there's, too, there's so many things going on. And some of the stuff's becoming interesting. Look at the Marlins with everything that happened with them. Yep. And now I believe they won that doubleheader yesterday. They're 5-1. and one. So there's, there's a lot of good sports stories are developing. And I think the PGA Championship this weekend will be uh, will be very good. So it should be uh, this should be one of the better weekends in sports. Are you impressed? In the last six months. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt at all. Are you impressed that Major League Baseball stayed the course? And I feel like I need to knock on wood furiously because if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that chaos can follow anywhere. Are you stunned uh, that Major League Baseball managed to stay the course? And in theory. Potentially by tomorrow, I think. Uh, Dub, look this up and, and confirm this is true. But I think the Cardinals may be back by the weekend, and baseball could be back with all 30 teams playing again. Now, they'll inevitably have some more positive tests over the course of the season, but it seems like they have at least withstood those early body blows. And I don't really hear anybody saying now, oh, Major League Baseball's got to shut down. And I think what happened, Clay, I think all along, I think baseball's of the belief, even if some teams play 50 games, 45 games, we just want to get to some type of place where we can get a season in and have playoff games. I would, I don't even think it's too crazy that they can't come up with a plan maybe for the playoffs. Because remember, the playoffs are the month of October. Baseball playoffs are always great yeah. because it's so condensed and it really is like it really does become a sprint where they could probably do – some type of bubble format if they wanted to. That's right. In the playoffs. So I, I think the plan all along, much like it was, if you remember early on when Germany was going to be the first uh, major sports league to start up the soccer league over there, and as teams were practicing, there were guys that were testing positive, and they were just isolating those players. And their idea was, we're forging ahead with this. And I think the commissioner of baseball, I feel badly for baseball because I think they started too late. If they, if they had started right in the beginning of July, I think they would have had probably even more eyeballs on them because nothing else would have been going on. And there's something, you know, the, the way the NBA set up their court, you, you know that it's different, but it's for baseball, when you see some of these games, like you're watching 
at Wrigley Field, you're watching Fenway, and there's nobody behind home plate. There's yeah. nobody in the building. It's just it's jarring because you're not used to seeing that. Yeah, I've been arguing on the show, and I'm curious if you agree, that at least so far, golf, I think, has almost no impact when you're watching it visually from the fact that we're in the coronavirus. And you could even argue that golf is more fun without many fans present on the course because you can see the the whole better, the topography. I mean, I know there's a few people, you know, walking along the course, and some people, if the courses are on, uh, if the golf course is on a public venue, people can watch from their yards and stuff like that. But I always find it more interesting almost to be able to see the golf course without hordes of people everywhere. Uh, and I feel like you kind of can see golf better. And then I would agree with you on the NBA. I think it looks so, like it, you can lose track with the fact that it's not a traditional environment. And I don't think the NBA loses very much by not having fans present. Would you agree those are the two best sto- uh, sports purely from a watch them on television perspective? I think hockey and baseball in particular, you notice way more, oh, this is abnormal. Yeah, and, and think about it, too. They've still been getting into fights in hockey without the fans, which says a yeah. lot. It tells you about the intensity of that sport, where I think early on with the NBA, without the fans there, I don't think the the, the physicality of the game was there. I do think you have it now. I, one thing about golf, and I don't want golf fans to get mad at me, I actually do kind of like watching it without the fans there. I also wonder, if you're Tiger Woods, you're so used to playing in front of crowds. Yeah. You're so used to being kind of the crowd favorite. I wonder how different it is for him. And when he's kind of had playing partners, I would think for them, it's probably a lot less pressure on you. Because when you play, when you're paired with Tiger Woods, you're kind of the, you know, for lack of a better term, the enemy. You're like, you're the guy that not everyone's really like looking at. They really focus more on Tiger Woods. So if Tiger were to make it to the final round, Without fans, I would think whoever his playing partner would be, I don't think I, I think a lot of pressure would be alleviated because it's not like this this idea that everyone's for Tiger and really everyone wants to see me win. I think Tiger Woods and a lot of, you know a couple of the other popular golfers get affected a lot without fans being there. Yeah, it's interesting. There was I was reading an article about pitchers in Major League Baseball, and some of them were saying sometimes you can ride the crowd as an adrenaline rush to give you a little bit extra in your pitching uh, where you've got that intensity that comes on from, hey, I'm running in from the bullpen. Let's say you're a reliever and your team's got a one-run lead and uh, and you're trying to shut the game uh, shut or there's runners on the base and you're trying to get out of the inning. A lot of times that intensity and electricity in the ballpark can add a little bit extra juice to the to the pitching opportunity and that guys are having to go into their own motivation more because you still feel maybe that excitement, but you can't ride the wave of the crowd as emotion like maybe you would in uh, in other performances, which yeah. is pretty interesting to think about. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't want to sound like the, uh, the typical obnoxious New Yorker because there's a lot of us out here, that's for sure. But I'm pretty sure the whole thing with standing up with two strikes, I'm pretty sure that started – many moons ago when Ron Guidry pitched for the Yankees and that became a thing. And certainly, you know, a, a lot of these pitchers, especially the, you know, the, the big name ones, I mean, look at Max Scherzer yesterday with, with Washington, you know, a lot of those guys really do feed off the crowd. And like I said, when you get two strikes on you, the crowd gets into it. It's just weird with baseball. It's, it's just strange 
when there's no one there. Basket again, basketball could kind of pull it off, but without baseball fans, especially in these places where they live to go to these games, like in Chicago, St. Louis, and of course uh, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium. Even though nobody sits behind home plate at Yankee Stadium anyway, all the people with the rich tickets, yeah. all the rich people with tickets are all in the back watching the game on TV, eating uh, an expensive hot dog. We're talking to Frank Isola. Today at 4 o'clock Eastern is the opt-out deadline for the NFL. Do you expect that we will see any real rush of players between now and 4 o'clock Eastern, any big names, or do you think most of that is already out? I, I think that, I think you might see a couple. I think what will be interesting because the, obviously the NFL is setting this deadline and then opting out in terms of getting paid is going to be a lot harder after uh, Thursday. Essentially, you can't do it. Uh, you know, it's weird about football. I think the mentality of a football player, I think they know there are a lot of risks going in. I think most players are thinking, I didn't want to hurt my knee yeah. this season. I don't, want to get, I, I don't want to make sure I don't take too many shots to my shoulder and, of course, uh, my head. And I think a lot of players, especially the age of a lot of NFL players, is, you know what? I'm all right with this. I don't think I'm going to get it. And I think a lot of them are also of the belief, you know what? My career is probably going to be pretty short. Can I really afford it? I mean, you feel badly for some of them. Their union isn't great. Maybe a lot of the players are thinking, I just can't, I can't do what Dante Hightower did and say, I'm not going to play. I'll get my 150000 My contract will roll over to next season. I'm not so, I, I think a lot of young players, are thinking, i got to start striking it rich now. I have to have a good season now. Maybe they'll rip up my contract. I'll get more money. But, you know, the career lifespan of a NFL player is so short. It's different than NBA guys deciding to opt out and forego maybe $2 million of their salary, knowing that they still have three years left on their contract. Football's not like that. Yeah, the average uh, length of tenure in the NFL is under four years. So if you are a guy, if you're you know aware of that, which I would think most players are, I mean, there's a reason they say NFL stands for not for long. If you're yeah. aware of that, then the idea, if you're only going to be there for three years and change in general, to sit out for a year when you think you might be able to go make a living is, is pretty difficult. We got uh, LeBron firing back at the president of the United States. This was kind of inevitable. You have covered the NBA for a long time. I'm assuming the answer is you have never seen it more political than it is right now. How does this get dialed back? We had Chris Mannix on the show yesterday, and he said, look, for whatever reason, uh, this is going to be hyper-political between now and mid-October when the NBA theoretically crowns a champ down in their Orlando bubble. But he said, the real question I've got is, what's it going to look like when they come back for next season? Are they going to continue with the jersey statements? basketball court having a statement on it, uh, kneeling for the anthem. Does this continue forever? How do you unring the bell, in other words? Have you thought about that? Like, move on from what's going on right now. How lingering, how lasting is this going to be? There was a Yankee-Red uh, Sox game on last week, and I watched it. And it happened to be during the anthem. I think there were two guys kneeling during the anthem. I was actually surprised because nobody was really making a big deal of that. So I think the uh, Major League Baseball – kind of had a ceremony that first game for That's everyone, right. and then it was kind of left up to the players. I think a lot of players uh, d decided to stand. You know, many years ago, many, many years ago, at playoff games, the president, back then he was just Donald Trump, would show up for games. In fact, I remember him sitting right near uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. at a Nick playoff game. I don't remember him being such a huge basketball fan. I do think he's smart in terms of this. When people in his administration probably told him, Mention the players kneeling. I think he wants it 
to kind of become a discussion between himself and LeBron. I think he kind of suckered LeBron into it. Even when you hear LeBron's answer, I think like his heart wasn't in it. I think because he even mentioned at one point, "I know how this is going to play out tomorrow." So I think he kind of knew what was going on. But I think once next season starts, it'll be interesting because Adam Silver, remember, if you listen to his comments leading up to the restart, he never said anyone was going to be punished, but he never was saying, I want the players to be doing this. He said, whatever the players decide to do, that's going to be fine. Because remember, David Stern had a rule on the book in the NBA about players need to stand for the anthem. And then Mahmoud Abdurraouf was a guy that they asked, can you stand in the locker room during the anthem? Joe Kim Noah, when he was playing for the Knicks during the anthem, he would he would go back toward the uh, tunnel. So I don't know what, what kind of protest he wanted to do on the court, but he's decided not to be on the court. I get a feeling that once the next season starts, I think the relationship between the commissioner and the players' union, the two most powerful people in the league, well, three are Adam Silver, LeBron, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. I think there's a chance that things will change. Uh, there'll, there'll be a different approach to it when and if the NBA gets their regular season off next year. And who even knows where it'll be? Will it be in a bubble format? Or a lot of people think they'll be playing in empty home arenas maybe by December, January. We're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. Whatever you think about the NBA's political decisions, for a league and or players to say, hey, if you have a different political opinion than us, we don't care if you watch or not, is a pretty seismic difference. As somebody who has covered sports for a long time, is this a good difference? I think, do I believe that Adam Silver, who, listen, Adam Silver is, um, you know, he's very political himself, but he's also a businessman, and he also represents 30 teams, 30 owners. Do I think he cringes a little bit when people when they're saying we don't care if you watch? Yeah, I, I do believe that because I, I don't I, – remember, ultimately it's a business. It's the same thing with the WNBA players wearing a, a shirt in support of someone who's running against the owner of the Atlanta Dream, Kelly Loeffler. Now, again – it's a business. Is it the best business decision to make? I cannot imagine that every owner honestly believes that, but I think that they think in the times where we are right now, we're going to give the players all the leeway they want. I have a feeling, though, things are going to change a little bit. Listen, by the time the NBA restarts, there could be a new president in office, too. So that, that, could, that could impact a lot of things. But ultimately, it's a business. I actually think for the WNBA, it's a lot riskier because their league is not nearly as successful as the NBA and the less, you know, and I get it. They, they, they're probably one of the more political leagues out there. It's almost like the U S women's soccer team and the WNBA, but you're also, again, it's a business. You're trying to attract fans. Are you alienating fans? Are you willing to do that? And, you know, it could impact you uh, the bottom line and in the long run. Yeah. It's fascinating uh, to think about uh, Frank. I appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Clay. Thanks. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires, shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Joined now by Shannon Spake at Shannon Spake on Twitter. She does a lot of different things in a variety of different sports. Shannon, are your kids back in school? What's going on there? My kids are uh, close to being back in school. Friday is the first day back. Yeah, so we're a little bit at odds here, right, Clay? So I've made a decision, um, a parental decision. Our school originally was going to go back like full-blown plan A, right, all, every day, all day. And I have decided to send them to a different school so that we can be on a plan B. 
And my reasoning for that is I want to be prepared if we have to go to virtual learning. So um, it's a little bit of a fire drill right now because we're trying to kind of make accommodations because uh, I do want them in school, but I also want to be prepared if we go virtual. And I feel like the plan A where you're kind of in school the entire time um, doesn't necessarily set you up for success because I think it's going to be honestly more detrimental to my kids if we start school and then we have to do homeschooling and my husband and I are freaking out trying to get all that homeschooling uh, lined up when we haven't been prepared. So uh, August 17th is when we go back here in, in North Carolina. What about you guys? When do you go back? So it's an interesting hybrid system that they've got set up yeah. where we are right now. So first of all, I've got three kids, uh, obviously. One of them is going to be at a brand new private school. My kids have been public school kids mostly otherwise. But uh, I, th- I think the uh, hybrid system for the first two weeks is they go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday the next week. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So with some home, some away. That's my seventh grader. My kindergartner's full go. Um, and he goes full go next week, and he is so incredibly excited about being able to start school. And then my fourth grader, the first two weeks are remote, and then I think they're going to be back to uh, to going to school. So every parent out there, you just heard me talk about it. You just heard Shannon talk about it. There are so many parents out there, especially if you have multiple kids of different ages, that all end up in different dynamics. So we at least have the same school for two of my three right now. Uh, but uh, but it's going to be a zoo trying to figure it all out once things officially get underway. Uh, and that starts for us on Friday with a half day for one of my kids. And then next week, it really kind of begins in earnest. Uh, speaking of begins in earnest, the NFL deadline for dropping out is 4 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see a lot of guys who haven't already announced that they are dropping out that will announce they're dropping out by 4 o'clock Eastern, Shannon? I don't think a lot. That's just my personal opinion. I think we'll see some. I think some will make the decision last minute. I um, I was actually reading an article this morning about the way that the New Orleans Saints are handling this whole um, training camp. I think it's really fascinating, right? They pretty much are ish quarantine ish bubbly ish right they have like three or four floors of a a hotel and uh, they're doing like contact tracing uh, devices that basically tell you how many minutes you are within six feet of another another human being and they have these masks and obviously Sean Payton had COVID early on but I think it's really fascinating the way that they're sort of applying what the NBA is doing and I wonder I wonder Clay if this continues the way that it does throughout the fall uh, if we'll see something like this in the playoffs, I'm, I'm wondering: Would you personally? Would you be against? Like for me, right? I'm a, I'm a sideline reporter, and, and and from what I've heard, all all systems go. I think my job is going to look uh, very different next year in terms of kind of where I can be. But it does sound like we're moving forward, and I've I've had to tell some of my my mom friends, like, hey, listen, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. I have friends with kids who have you know, immune disorders or, or issues that they're, they're concerned about their children. And so I've said, hey, listen, if you don't want to play, have play dates with my kids because of that, I understand. But I'm wondering, would you be um, against if, if, if the, you know, a league came to you and said, hey, Clay, we're going to quarantine you for a couple of weeks because we want you to cover this league. Would you be against that? No, well, I mean, I would, if it was necessary for my job, I would do it. Right. I mean, for what I do now, I would be like, no way, you know, like I can talk on the radio anywhere. Uh, But I would look if I were an athlete and somebody came to me and they said, hey, here are your options. You can opt out uh, or you can go into a bubble environment Mm -hmm. where you're not going to have access to your kids. Uh, I would I mean, it would suck and uh, and I wouldn't want to do it. 
But, I mean, I just kind of look at this, uh, the, the bubble environment in general, and I think perspective and context is always important. And, I mean, we for the last 20 years, basically since 9-11, have had many different people who are servicemen and women who are away from their kids for months yeah. in foreign countries under threat of death daily. And, uh, and they get paid a fraction of what right. professional athletes get paid. And so I always, in the back of my mind, try to keep like what we do for a living. Like, we're right. very fortunate to have it. But if I were a pro athlete, I would be like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be away from my family. I don't want to be away from my wife and you know everybody else who's, uh, who's part of my loved ones. But at the same time, like that's the job. And so when I see you know soldiers have to get on planes and go mm-hmm. all the way around the world uh, to you know they have young kids and they don't get to see them at all. Like it doesn't seem like that big of a sacrifice to me right. to be inside of a bubble environment for a few months playing a game. I agree, and I wonder if if that would be the model moving forward. I guess it just depends on how everything goes with the NFL, and we see how things. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the Major League Baseball is doing it, and despite the fact that they've had some positive tests, Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR tested positive. We continue to operate, and so I think it can certainly be done. And, and again, NASCAR and and Major League Baseball are very different than the NFL in terms of contact and the proximity of of the athletes on the field. But I think it's going to be an interesting test to see how everything moves forward, and and just hopefully we keep the product going. That's my biggest thing. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited that listen. I heard um I heard you guys do a, a news update the other day, a sports update, and I was like, oh my yeah. god, like there he's actually giving me scores and like yeah. telling me what just happened, and I was like, wow, you know, because I guess you don't really realize how much you missed it until you until it's back. And we knew this was going to happen, right, Clay? We've been talking about this since April, right? That the fact that when September and, and, and August come, we're going to have so many sports. This weekend, we have another doubleheader with NASCAR. And the next, actually, the next month in NASCAR is insane. It's our last month before the playoffs start. We have two doubleheaders, one this weekend at Michigan, one at Dover, which is an extremely challenging racetrack. And then we're actually going to go to the Daytona Road Course before we go to the Daytona Big Course, which, of course, is where we run the Daytona 500 and the Daytona road course. We've never actually raced there in NASCAR. Some of the drivers have done like the Rolex 24 on that course, but none of the other drivers have actually have ever been on that course. We've never raced on that course. They've never, they were not going to have practice, nothing. So it's going to be um, a little bit insane as we get ready for our playoffs, which start in about four weeks. Did NASCAR, I, I, I'm not an expert, obviously. Uh, I know they wanted to get most of their schedule in. By like, where are you guys right now in terms of the percentage of races that have been able to actually get in, even with a fairly substantial uh, delay? Every single one in the Cup Series, Clay. That's Every single crazy. one. Yeah. yeah, so we've done, obviously, the doubleheaders, like I just mentioned, this weekend. We've had midweek races, which has been really, really cool because we've been able to, as I've been covering this sport for 20 years, and we've always had conversations about, oh, I wonder if midweek races would work. I wonder if doubleheaders would work. I wonder if this would work. And I wonder if no practice, and, and we're trying all that, and I do think a lot of this stuff is going to stick for next season. But we have, like I said, two doubleheaders coming up this month. At one, I mean, Dover, to me, is one of them. If you think Bristol's hard, it's, I mean, Dover is, is, is just as challenging. It's a one-mile track. They call it the monster. Uh, it's a self-cleaning track, which means if someone gets in a wreck, it pretty much wipes out and everything just cleans itself off. So I think there's going to be a lot of carnage in terms of cars on that, in that race, and I think it's really going to shake up the points. And then the Daytona road course. I mean, we don't even know 
what to expect with these cars on the Daytona road course. And oh, by the way, it's August in Daytona. So, you know, I mean, the rain chance could be there and, and maybe we'll see rain tires. We just have to figure a lot of stuff out. But every single race has gotten in. You have to give NASCAR, you have to give Fox, NBC uh, a lot of credit for, for really kind of starting this initiative and getting everything in. We're talking to Shannon Spake. You said that you expect, uh, as a sideline reporter for the NFL, to be basically doing your job, obviously, with a non-traditional way. I'm sure there'll be different aspects associated with that. So are you, in your mind, kind of projecting that you'll be on the road for, you know, multi, you know double-digit weeks uh, doing games this fall? Until I hear that I'm not, that's that's how I'm sort of planning my fall. I'm planning on moving forward and doing my job and, and being there on the sidelines. And, and that's kind of how I've been thinking about it all along. And, and that's until I, um, until I don't hear anything. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of wild to not even be, I mean, you know, from a perspective of trying to figure out exactly what's going on, that's kind of wild to even not know uh, at this point in time when you're talking about, what are we, August 5th or whatever the date yeah. is right now. Uh, it's really not very long. September 10th is the first game in the NFL, that opening Thursday night game with the Texans scheduled to be on the road against the Chiefs. Well, I just think that everything's so rapidly changing, Clay. I think it's like this time, I, I mean, I talk to people all the time. It's like, we can't plan anything, right? I mean, that Thursday that I went to work in the morning and by the end of the day, the entire country was shut down. I mean, that's just a perfect example of how quickly and rapidly things can change. I wake up on a Monday morning and the the public school system here in Charlotte says, oh, the kids are going to remote all year long. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, when, when Friday, when we went to bed, it was a completely different story. I just think things are so rapidly changing. So I think this time, as we all know, we just have to be willing to adapt. Do you think it's a good move? Last question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, it seems like every sport has had politics related to it in some way, right? But that in general, other some sports have embraced it more than any other. Are you like me when you sit down, you just want to have a beer and kind of escape when you watch sports? Or do you expect that sports is going to be a reflection of what's going on in society? Yeah, I would prefer just to watch the game. I, I, I'll be honest, like when I'm on the sidelines, I do look to glance over to see who's standing or see if someone's kneeling. But I, I will tell you, whenever I mention to people, you know, that what I do for a living, one of the first things, especially a, a lot of people, actually, not, not everybody, obviously, but, but a lot of people do say, well, I hope they don't kneel. I hope they don't make it political. I hope they don't do this. And so for me, when, when that's one of the first things that people say to me, it, it's, you know, it's a bummer because you do want to talk about sports. You want to talk about what we enjoy about sports. And yes, to me, I like, I, I'm, I'm so consumed with what's going on in the field. I will glance over and see what's happening in terms of uh, any kind of political statement, but then I, I move my eyes to, to the game. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's how I do it. We are off and rolling. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday, final hour of the Thursday edition of the program. A couple of things you need to be aware of. Uh, as you start off your day as an American sports fan in what is the wildest and zaniest and craziest and most maddeningly exciting August that we have ever seen in the history of sports. The PGA Championship begins today out in San Francisco. We have got a heck of a run coming there with Tiger Woods coming back to play. And if you're just out there starting off your day, because it's on the West Coast, if you're working, you can come home, flip on the television, and watch in primetime in the evening on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday everything that is going on in the world of golf. I think that the PGA Championship is going to be wildly popular. 
uh, as it gets underway. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a moment, but also 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern deadline for NFL players to opt out of the season because of coronavirus fears. A lot of players, I think around 50 of them, am I correct? Around 50 of them so far have opted out from an NFL perspective, which really isn't that many in the grand scheme of things. I think there's around 1,800 NFL players, so having 50 of them opt out. I know a bunch of them have been with the New England Patriots, but so far we really haven't seen that massive of a group of players opting out a relatively small percentage of available NFL players deciding to opt out. But today is supposedly the deadline for NFL players to opt out at 4 o'clock Eastern. I think I speak for the majority of the show here when we say we are not anticipating a lot of people deciding to to drop out uh, of the NFL season, at least at this point in time, because you've already gone through a lot of the protocols And at this point, why would you suddenly decide to drop out after going through all those protocols? Uh, So we'll see. But 4 o'clock Eastern, that is the official deadline from that point forward. We would at least start to have an idea of all the players that would consider themselves available for this NFL season. It is now August 6th, almost exactly uh, 30 days, about 34 days, I think, until the NFL is officially supposed to kick off. Uh, and we would have the start of the NFL schedule with the Texans going on the road against the Chiefs for that opening Thursday night football game. Also, NHL obviously underway. You just heard all about the playoff results that are going on. Major League Baseball positive. Uh, For those of you out there who want to actually start off your day with a positive as opposed to a negative, Major League Baseball tomorrow, every team is theoretically going to be back. So the Marlins are back playing. And they've turned into a heck of a story. They are now 5-1. and one. They won back-to-back seven-inning uh, doubleheader games last night. They're in first place in the NL East. The St. Louis Cardinals are scheduled to play on Friday. And uh, assuming they play tomorrow, again on Friday, we would have all of the teams back and ready to roll uh, in the Major League Baseball which would be a first after nearly two weeks without that. And we have got a uh, return, which I think we deserve giving credit to Rob Manfred for, because all the Corona bros out there were demanding that Major League Baseball shut down when the positive test came out for the Marlins. It seems like a lot longer ago, but that was just last Monday. And so going forward... I think we're going to end up in a really good place with Major League Baseball where hopefully the new protocols that they have put in place mean that the outbreaks are going to become less significant going forward. And it's a good sign at least to get all 30 teams back playing as we get ready for for what is frankly about to be a quarter of the way through the Major League Baseball season. I want to bring in the crew Are you guys as optimistic as I am now that we're going to be able to actually finish the Major League Baseball regular season? Because on Monday of last week and Tuesday and Wednesday, everybody was losing their mind over this. I'm sure they're going to have additional outbreaks. I'm sure there are going to be other games they're going to have to cancel. But it feels like Major League Baseball has withstood 
the worst of the cancellation demands. Do you agree, Danny G? 1,000%. There were guys like Darren Ravel breakdancing, celebrating. The Corona Bros. <laughs> yes, about the Marlins. But then we come to find out that the Marlins team had been sloppy. Yeah. Whether it was going out for coffee or to run errands or to pick up food or doing things outside of the hotel that they knew they weren't supposed to be doing. Well, we find out the teams that are following protocol are not really getting sick. And I like the way Manfred handled this. Now, he handled the Joe Kelly thing really bad. Yeah, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, screwing up the Joe Kelly yeah, suspension is yeah. a relatively small impact, whereas keeping baseball going is a big one. Well, my point is we usually just hear negative things or say negative things about Manfred, and he actually came out with a strong statement that I'm going to keep going. I'm not a quitter. I like how they battled through this, and they're going to do some double headers for seven-inning games make those up and go by winning percentage and it makes a lot of sense and now the other leagues can take this as a model of how to fight through this yeah i don't think there's any doubt dub do you agree uh you feel pretty good about major league baseball now compared to certainly where they were last week i mean i always felt pretty good about it because i have faith that they're gonna find a way to get it done unlike i mean i was like at the driving range last week right after this news broke and i was just overhearing people talking about it and everyone is just assuming that they got, oh, we got to shut down the season and the baseball is not going to finish now. No NFL. I mean, it's like people are so addicted to bad news. I just yes. don't really understand it. It's ridiculous to me. And by the way, did, did the MLB come down with any punishment for the Marlins for any of this stuff? Not that we've seen so far. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, because if you're not going to punish them at all, maybe take a few draft picks away from them, then. I mean, why you're going to set an example out of Joe Kelly and you're not going to set an example out of the Marlins who could have potentially ended the baseball season I think that's pretty ridiculous as well yeah I think they definitely deserve some sort of censure for misbehaving I don't think there's any doubt I think Uh, Joe Kelly should throw at them yeah well that would be a good solution (laughs) so he could come back I think he still has 48 games left on his suspension after throwing at the Astros Eddie did you think you do updates uh you've got by the way so many different sports to get updates in for right now I Uh, love it did you think that it was going to be a situation where Major League Baseball was going to cancel last week when you started doing the Marlins updates? Well, I was worried that it was trending in that direction. Uh, I, I, I mean, Rob Manfred has been pretty outspoken that he intends, barring a disaster, to finish the season. Uh, but I was concerned that, that that was going to be the start of something, and then it's turned out to be just two teams, so... I, you know, I, it looks good to me for baseball. Yeah, and look, I think it becomes easier for baseball to finish as they get further and further into the season, right? I, I think that's the important part here because by the weekend, many teams are going to have played 25% of their schedule. They're only playing 60 games. By the weekend, many teams are going to be at 15. Once you get a quarter of the way through the season – you've already committed a decent amount to being able to finish at that point in time, to me. And it gets even more likely. Like To me, it's far less likely that they're suddenly going to say after 40 games, oh, we can't finish the season, right? Because they want to get to the postseason. This was the difficult time. Early on, right after you start, those idiot Marlin players put Major League Baseball in a tough spot where they had a substantial outbreak literally right when they started and all the Corona bros out there, and some of you are like, what's a Corona bro? And it's a phrase that I made up uh, a couple of months ago. It's the people that you see on social media who only share negative stories. I think it's going to be a phrase that exists 
long after the coronavirus is gone. At least I'm going to keep it. The Corona Bro, uh, and, uh, and, and there is a large contingent of them. The Corona Bro is whoever you know on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or wherever it is that when you check their feed, all you see is negativity, right? The Corona Bros like fall all over themselves anytime somebody tests positive of the coronavirus in sports. Like they're the first people that post it. Like you, like four seconds after the Marlins tested positive, the Corona Bros, like they're falling all over themselves to get their phones out so they can test that there's a positive coronavirus. The Corona Bros are running around like, oh my God, oh my God, we got a positive test. Keep doing different uh, Corona Bro voices. Uh, all of them basically sound like their testicles haven't descended yet. That's to me, you know, sort of a vintage Corona Bro. Uh, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The coronavirus. Oh, we can never leave our houses again. That's the Corona Bros. And unfortunately, the Corona Bros are overwhelmingly represented in the sports media. Like, you would think that people who cover sports for a living would be not, you know, like perpetual panickers, like everything is going bad. Oh my God, how are, like, you would think that the Corona Bro community would not be dominated by sports media members. Has that surprised any of you guys like it surprised me? Like, I know that there are a lot of pussy willows in the sports media industry, right? Like, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like people who pull out laptops and write about sports for a living. Like, it's not like you think, oh, that's a really tough group. Like, if you had to fight somebody and you were in a stadium, the people that you would most like to fight are in the press box. Like, if you had to pick a random group, like, you and a few buddies are like, okay, we got to get in a brawl. If you're at a, if you're at a sporting event, the people that you would most like to get in a brawl with are in the press box. Like, that is the biggest collection of panty waste in the entirety of the stadium. Like, you don't want to fight with Section 202, right? Section 202, there may be some dudes who have brass knuckles, literally, that somehow they smuggled in, right? Those dudes may uh, be professional MMA fighters. You don't want to fight, you don't want to fight with Section 314. You want the press box. If you had to fight to the death with any part of a stadium or arena, you want the press corps that you're having to battle through, right? But even with that as the background, like, I've been overwhelmed by how much of pussy willows the sports media are. Danny G, are you with me? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the like how you literally have your job. Your job is predicated on sports existing. If you are in sports media and sports doesn't exist, you literally have no reason to exist in your profession. I've never seen anything like the number of members of the sports media who are legitimately rooting against sports coming back. Every single time there's a positive test, and the Marlins last week was a perfect example, it's like they rush to go report the worst possible outcome and are rooting in many ways for sports not to come back. Clay, I was a season ticket holder for 10 years in the black hole. Oh, that's a tough, that would be in, a tough stadium to fight your way out of. In Oakland. Now, the press box is the exact opposite of yes. the black hole. I think you will agree. And it's almost an extension of wokeness, I think. This whole 
I'm more sensitive than you. I yeah. care about people dying yeah. more than you do. That's what it seemed like to me during all these months of uh, media guys battling over who's more sensitive all of a sudden. Yeah, and why is that a good thing? Like, I'm fine with if you want to be sensitive, like, whatever, you can be sensitive. I'm not a sensitive guy, by which I mean I really don't care what people say about me. I care what my family says because those people know me. I care what, uh, you know, people I interact with on a day-to-day basis say a little bit. Not that much, I'm going to be honest with you. But I, I, I genuinely don't care at all about what people I don't know say. And I also don't go to social media like – I go primarily to social media for information, right? I want to know who's opting out of, like, for instance, 4 o'clock deadline on the NFL. At 3 o'clock my time, I'm going to have my phone out to check because I'm going to be like, okay, are there any players in the NFL that are opting out? But I definitely don't go for all of the Corona bros running around like, oh, well, we have to stop the season now. There's no way we can play, which is what they argue immediately every time anything happens. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And to me, it's fundamentally anti-American. And what I mean by that is America is about finding a way. That's what capitalism is about, really. If you run a business, capitalism is about finding a way to run your business successfully, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's an uh, auto repair shop, whether it is Google, right? Whatever the company is, America is about finding a way. And all of the sports media who are arguing against sports coming back are everything to me that is bad about America uh, and, and the rise of social media in general. It's finding a reason to fail, looking for a reason not to do something as opposed to a reason to do something. Look, I've said this for a long time. Props to Dana White. That dude is super rich. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He could have kicked up his feet and said, I got an incredible mansion. Why do I care about getting the UFC back? Right? I mean, that would have been easy for him to do. We're not going to fight another time in the UFC until uh, there's a vaccine that's out there. It's easy to say no. Finding a way to yes is hard. Yet all of these different sports leagues, whether you agree or disagree with them, Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball found a way to yes. Adam Silver, NBA, found a way to yes. MLS, Don Garber, I believe, commissioner, found a way to yes. NHL, Gary Bettman, found a way to yes. Whether you love or hate him, Roger Goodell has so far found a way to yes. Dana White, everybody out there, PGA Tour commissioner, whose name I'm not even aware of, all of them found a way to yes, which is a quintessentially American exceptionalism to me find a way to yes all the corona bros out there are trying to find a way to know which is fundamentally the opposite of what america should stand for in my mind i'm fired up about it and they want to try and shut everything down and they wanted to shut down major league baseball and rob manfred said no i'm not going to allow major league baseball to get shut down and come tomorrow in theory at least we are going to have all 30 NF, uh, Major League Baseball teams back up and running, and I think that is a fantastic sign for the return of the NFL and hopefully the return of college football as well, which are the last, I would say college football is the last sport that's out there that's uncertain in any way. Everybody else, it seems like very likely that they're going to uh, to, to be back. Uh, all right, Danny G, you want to get a couple of, uh, of five-star reviews in here? 
Yeah, let's do it. I have one Razzie to start with. Craig. All right, hold on. Before yeah. you get to that, yeah. everybody out there, go give us five star reviews. Uh, we had the best month ever in the history of the Outkick podcast in July. We've tripled our audience on the podcast since March. Go listen, go subscribe. We got the show up by hour now. So you can go listen to the guest. You can go listen to the segment that you're most interested in. Uh, that is a new change that we have got because we got a lot of requests for it. So that is there. What's up? Give us the reviews. All right. Before I get to a couple of winners here, how about uh, audio guy? I-, I would love to read a couple of oh, no. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate audio guy as much as I hate Corona bros. For people out there who don't <laughs> know how much I hate Corona bros, audio guy for years on this program, <laughs> audio guy has been complaining about the audio quality uh, and audio guy there's like there's a venn diagram audio guy and corona bro are basically the same person in my mind his itunes handle navigator 2020 his uh title annoying microphone noise can you please stop in all capitals that very annoying microphone banging slash rubbing sound while clay <laughs> is talking I literally stopped listening to your show two years ago because of that rubbing sound, and now it's back. <sighs> I honestly don't even know what this guy is talking about. It's when you touch your headset. So he's upset Turn the like music when I down. do this? We, we have Hold on. Do we have audio of it? We have uh, Sam in for Roberto. No, I want you to do it live on the air. You want me to touch my uh, – so audio guy is about to just <laughs> lose personal. his mind over this? Yep. Like this? Is is that what it Just like him? when you're talking sometimes, you adjust your headset. Yeah, that's what people do who wear headsets. They adjust their headsets. <laughs> Let's see if we can hear it. Oh, right now? Yeah, yeah, move your headset. I, I don't know. I mean, that's me moving my headset. Is that noticeable? And we're all going to be listening for it now. I, I don't – I mean, look, I it's wear not, a headset. It's really not all that noticeable, but this guy must be listening on Bose 425E, the 2021 unreleased Bose headphones. Audio guy is like – audio. if you listen to anything and you complain about the audio – I can't tell you how much I want to strangle you to death and watch the last breath leave your lips. I hate Audio Guy with every fabric of my being. If Audio Guy were here right now in my home studio, I would just slowly choke him to death, and I would be like, here's audio for you. That's the last gurgle of breath that you will ever share in your life. So Audio Guy... Has what? jumped into the uh, has jumped into the uh, into the reviews. Yes. What? How many stars did Audio Guy? Give he me? gave you two stars. He two says, stars. Clay, stop rubbing it. Bye until you fix it. Any decent sound engineer would put a stop to it. Uh, stop. What did he say? Stop here? rubbing it. Yeah. Read it again. Stop rubbing it. Bye. Stop rubbing it. That's what a lot. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's, that's been a fail ever since adolescence. <laughs> All right. Our first winner here, Dallas in Nashville. And if you hear your review, just go ahead and tweet me, and I'll hook you up with a signed book. Outstanding stuff as always. And let me explain what I mean by that. Always on point, consistent, and concise. From walking Willie to Whitlock. From battling gloom and doom to getting gold bloomed. Outkick always outdoes the chumps. Keep up the outkick-ass work. Uh, See what he did there? Yeah. That's very, very well done. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then uh, one more for this segment here. Mike48 from Texas. Not trying to win a book is his title. Clay, I love how you broke the daily podcast into one-hour sets. Immediately promote the person who's handling this for you each morning. Oh, waiting for my promotion. Love the show. Keep killing it. 
Uh, that is uh, that is. Are we done with the reviews here now? Yeah, time, still time to get to Dr. Chow. I'm enjoying the idea of choking audio guy to death. I'm not going to lie you. I wish we could record me choking audio guy to death, and then at his at his funeral, I would just come out and wear my headset, and I would just adjust it. You know, oh, for the I heard you rubbing eulogy. it right there. What's that? Did I just do it yep. there? Oh, that's not even me adjusting it. That's literally me tilting my head. So he's upset. That oh, so this I is don't... caused from your big head, then. This is that. That's what is that <laughs> what it is like that that sound that literally is caused by my head moving. So I have a headset on. An audio guy is furious that my head is moving occasionally. There you go. So it's the popping when I move my head that is driving audio guy insane. It actually makes me want to do it more because I enjoy thinking about him sitting there with his massive, like, uh, you know, like earth-shatteringly large headphones on, uh, probably not wearing any pants because, you know, why would anybody who is an audio guy ever put pants on? They clearly don't have a job. And he's just like, every time I tilt my head, he's like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. I'm going to write this uh, guy back. Let him know it's just a problem with your giant melon. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. 